Morning from Global News, it's 9 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Ottawa police say residents should avoid traveling downtown again today as truck traffic from the park-in protest near Parliament Hill makes many streets impassable to vehicles. Global's chief political correspondent, David Aiken, tells the Alberta Morning News the crowd is a little larger this morning than it was yesterday morning. Streets are blocked off a sort of two or three blocks south of Parliament Hill. Yesterday was really just uh, the street around Parliament Hill. But today it's, uh, uh, it's gotten a little testier. The convoy is protesting, among other things, the federal vaccine mandate requiring truckers to be fully vaccinated when crossing the Canada-U.S. border. It's not clear when the convoy plans to end the parking protest, as some drivers have vowed not to move their vehicles until all of their demands have been met. Protesters showed their support for the convoy here in Alberta, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. I am taking another look at the collision on eastbound Memorial Drive approaching Barlow Trail over in the southeast, and that is blocking your eastbound right lane. The good news is is a tow truck is now on scene, so hopefully that'll be clearing up shortly. A message from the Canadian Blood Services. There's an immediate need for blood. Over 250 open appointments in Calgary to fill this month. Book now at blood.ca. From the 770CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. Although thousands descended on Parliament Hill yesterday and in Edmonton, Calgary and the Coots border crossing to air grievances against COVID-19 public health measures and vaccine mandates, political scientist and professor at Mount Royal University believes the majority of people in the country don't or still see the need for restrictions. Still looks like the the very large majority of Canadians support vaccine mandates, uh, protective measures, things that they they believe and hope will will end or or diminish the the lockdowns in the longer term. While the federal government oversees mandates at the Canada U.S. border and for federally regulated workers, almost all COVID nineteen restrictions fall to provincial jurisdictions. Those include mask mandates, business and school closures, and other public and private gathering limits. One person is in hospital after being shot in Calgary's southeast last night. EMS were called to 24th Avenue and 41st Street just before 10 o'clock. When they arrived, they found a man in his 30s who'd been shot in the leg. He was then taken to hospital in stable condition. Police are still looking for suspects, but say the shooting does not appear to be random. Environment Canada has issued rain and snowfall warnings for much of southern BC from the south coast to the eastern boundary with Alberta. The weather office says up to 25 centimeters of snow could fall along the Coquihalla Highway from Hope to Merritt, and the snow is expected to spread to the Kootenay and Elk Valley areas, dumping 15 to 20 centimeters before easing by tomorrow, while parts of Highway 1 east of Revelstoke could see up to 35 centimeters by Monday. There are new developments in the standoff over the Russian troop building up near the border with Ukraine. Stephanie Ramos is reporting from Kyiv. The UK saying they will consider a major military deployment to support NATO allies along Europe's border with Russia. Since Ukraine is not part of NATO, it's unclear how the US and the alliance will support the country if it is attacked. But President Biden says he plans to send some troops to the region soon. Russia's foreign minister has claimed that NATO wants to pull Ukraine into the alliance amid escalating tensions over NATO expansion and fears that Russia is preparing to invade Ukraine. 
Taking a look at sports, Johnny Goudreau's goal 29 seconds into overtime gave the Calgary Flames a 1-0 victory over the Vancouver Canucks last night. Jacob Markstrom made 15 stops for his seventh shutout of the season. The Flames now have a couple days off before they head to Dallas to face the Stars on Tuesday. And Rafael Nadal has won his 21st Grand Slam singles title with an Australian Open comeback victory over Danil Medvedev. Nadal passes Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic with the title, which is the most won in men's tennis history. Global News Skytracker Weather. Environment Canada has issued a special weather statement for the city of Calgary. Snow and strong winds will develop overnight over central Alberta and will move south early tomorrow morning. A mix of sun and cloud and a high of 7 degrees today. Partly cloudy overnight, cooling to a low of minus 4. The snow moves in early tomorrow morning and temperatures will fall to minus 11 throughout the day. It's 5 degrees at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next update at 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Good morning, gardeners. You're listening to 630 Ched in Edmonton and 770 CHQR in Calgary. My name is Joe Gadbois from Greenland Garden Center here in Sherwood Park. And I am uh, in this, in actually broadcasting from Greenland with uh, Karen Bass, also from Greenland Garden Center. And um, we are still taking the place of Merle from Let's Talk Gardening this week. If you're listening in Calgary, Merle will be back with you next weekend. If you're listening to 630 Ched, the numbers are 780-496-0063 or toll free at 1-800-663-0630. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can call or text. If you're in Calgary with uh, 770 CHQR, it's 403-974-8255. I'd like to apologize for the audio issues we had over the last couple of weeks, folks. Should be fixed up today. We've we've been transitioning from, you know, broadcasting from the station to actually broadcasting from Greenland, and there's been just a few little things to figure out with that. So hopefully it's much improved today and we're looking forward to talking to you and hearing from you. Uh, Very exciting things actually going on at Greenland right now. We've received a huge shipment of uh, tropical plants, actually a couple big shipments of tropical plants over the last couple weeks. And uh, our new and improved online shopping experience is up now, which I've been working on personally. I've also been working on building our indoor dis- display gardens. So it's been pretty busy here and we're just doing the very best we can to ignore the fact that it's winter right now because we are, I think most of us here are not big fans of winter weather. We are gardeners after all we love green things um so it is a lot of fun and you know if you are interested in uh indoor gardening if you would like to escape winter uh, we certainly can help you out with that so if you want to call in today ask us about seeding ask us about growing your house plants any of those sort of things give us a call or text there's plenty of room on the board today Um, but also if you want to ask any questions that are not 
you know, current, if you want to talk about spring, if you want to talk about summer, if you have questions from last year, now is a great opportunity to do that as well. We're always happy to answer questions related to any topic of gardening. And certainly looking forward to spring as well. Um, there's actually, Bob and I talked a few weeks ago about some of the new perennial varieties that are coming out this year. And uh, I think we're, we're both very excited about that. Um, it's always good to have new wonderful things coming out. And actually, if you're interested in taking a look at some of those new varieties, um, if you go to our website at greenlandgarden.com, not only are there a lot of really good articles in general about gardening, a full library of information there available to you, but uh, if you go to the talk show section of the website, you can see notes from previous shows, and we do have that complete list of new perennials on there that you can take a look at if you want to dream about spring and warmer weather outdoors. Um, that is there available for you and as well if at any point you're listening to our show and you miss something you can always feel free to text us and we'll be happy to repeat it we try our best to try to repeat things as much as we can but sometimes we kind of forget but the other thing is you can listen to the show online um, after the fact uh, on the 630 ched website there is the audio vault there so you can take a look at that and um, actually listen to the show after the fact. I think they keep it up there for a couple of weeks. So I'll give out the numbers again if you want to call or text for 630CHED. It's 780-496-0063 or toll free at 1-800-663-0630. And as well, our friends down in Calgary, if you're listening to 770CHQW, you can reach us at 403-974-8255. And with that, we'll head over to our first sponsor break. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this. Good morning, gardeners, and welcome back to the show. You are listening to 630 Ched in Edmonton and 770 CHQR in Calgary. My name is Joe Gadbois from Greenland Garden Center here in Sherwood Park, and I'm joined today by Karen Bass, also from Greenland. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. So glad to be able to talk. We, I was cold there for 15 minutes I couldn't I had a microphone and nothing to say <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so yeah good to be with everybody here and we're broadcasting uh to the Calgary folks as well Joe you have the number there Yes. So if you're in Calgary listening to 770 CHQR, you can reach us at 403-974-8255. And for 630CHED in Edmonton, it's 780-496-0063 or toll free at 1-800-663-0630. And again, Merle should be back with you guys next weekend uh, for those folks that are listening in Calgary. But we are filling in again this week. So looking forward to talking to you. And Karen, we got some texts in over the break here. So from Edmonton, good morning. I have a six and a half foot tall ponytail palm 
that I think needs replanting. It's in a 12-inch pot currently. It just doesn't look happy where it is. Any tips for transplanting it? So we are getting into the houseplant repotting season, Karen. We tend mm-hmm. to sort of uh, discourage people from repotting during the dead of winter just because it takes the plants longer to recover when the light levels are low and it's a bit cooler in, in the house in a lot of cases and that sort of thing. But once we get into kind of mid-February, so in just the next couple of weeks here, that's when we start recommending repotting. And um, what we usually tell people is don't go more than one to two pot sizes up, right? Right. That's the biggest mistake people make is they put the small root ball into a big pot and then watering becomes an issue. Um, So, yeah, you only want to go up one pot size, one to two inches bigger. Uh, Right now here at Greenland, uh, we have a... Uh, promotion going on that buy a plant and buy a pot and we'll pot it up for you and and go over the proper uh, procedures for replanting as well. For sure, yeah. So in that 12-inch pot, you'll want to go up to probably about a 14-inch pot. Mm-hmm. And um, essentially what you're doing is you're shaking off as much of the old potting mix as you can and sort of ruffling up that root ball a little bit. There's a good chance if it's been in that pot for a number of years, it's probably quite root-bound. It might even be quite difficult to get out of that pot. So if you have to, you can even take a sharp knife or a little hand claw or something like that just to loosen that root ball a bit and that will just encourage those roots to grow out into the new soil once you get it transplanted. Um, I would recommend, sorry? No, really important and the other thing too I think some people are always so afraid when they're repotting or when they're planting of damaging some roots. It's okay if you break a root or you cut, cut some roots off. Sometimes you even have to do that so don't be afraid to be a little bit aggressive. Better to loosen up that root ball. I always say if ever I get uh, a a plant back in the garden center, an outdoor plant, it's the shape of the pot. They've not branched out those roots. And, and, and even like I said, you, or you said, get one of those dandelion diggers or something and get it in there yep. and pull those, pull those roots out, really, really rough them up. It's really beneficial. People think it's going to damage them, but it really helps them. And really important, Joe, to use the transplant fertilizer too when you're repotting that plant. Yes, so something with a higher middle number like a 105210 or a Promix Root Booster 5155, either of those works really, really well. And the only other thing I'll kind of mention on it is choose pots that have drainage holes, if at all possible, and just have a saucer under it. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a few house plants that don't have them, and I'm constantly, they, they are not my healthiest plants in my house. The ones that have draining pot, uh, draining pans do. So I, I have the pots, so I use them because they're pretty, and, and I, but they're more of a concern uh, for watering, and they're hard, harder and difficult to take care of. So drainage pots are a really good idea. Um, good idea, too, to in this warm heat, if you're going to have something a draining pan on the bottom of your uh, plant, if you want to put some rocks or something at the bottom of that uh, draining pan, and then you can water, and it, when you water, it'll ro- water through to those rocks, and the the pot isn't sitting right on that pan. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And um, for those who are listening that maybe have smaller plants, um, you know, you you will often see these decorative pots like we sell a lot of them that don't have drainage and they're beautiful pots. You can still use those. Just don't plant directly into those. So put your plants into a regular plastic pot with drainage holes. Slip that into a decorative pot 
right? And then when you water it, you either empty out the water that collects at the bottom or just take the plant out of the decorative pot to water it, let it drain, and then put it back in. So Right. Even even our plants, our uh, succulents and cacti and all that sort of thing, they really benefit from a good watering. People think that they, sh- they should keep them dry. But if you can give them a really good watering and then let them, as you said, Joe, drain in your sink or in your bathtub or something like that, and then put it back into that pot, that's the best thing to do. Yeah, and and with the cacti and succulents, yes, they probably need more water than most people assume they do. Perhaps not in the winter, but I think so. um, the yeah. But the key there is really sharp drainage in your potting mix. So, and unfortunately, a lot of the consumer potting soils do not have enough drainage. Even when you buy the cactus and succulent soils, they tend to be too heavy. They don't drain quickly enough. So you want to add extra perlite or lava rock or pumice or a combination of those things to improve that drainage even more so that water is essentially running straight through the soil. Right. And and the couple pots that I have in my home that I mentioned that don't have the drainage and um, are just sitting, the dirt is just sitting in the pot with the plant. When I planted those, I put rocks or charcoal or something at the bottom of that pot just so that there is some sort of drainage. So don't put just potting soil into those. Put something that if you get a little bit too much water in there, at least it's sitting down around the rocks, not around the root of the plant. For sure. And I just want to really clarify because we are going in a couple directions here with this. For cacti and succulents is specifically where you want the really sharp drainage. So going back to the original question, um, actually they are talking about a ponytail palm, which is actually a succulent. So you do need the really sharp drainage there. But for most tropical plants, foliage plants, that sort of thing, you want good drainage, but you don't need the super, you know, rocky, sharply drained soil. So Um, Adding a bit of extra perlite to the potting soil certainly doesn't hurt for most plants, but you don't need that really sharp drainage. Right. And and speaking of tropicals, holy cow, (laughs) do we have tropicals? (laughs) Yes. We we got a truck in yesterday. Bob was at it again, shopping down in Florida. (laughs) So we got, was it Florida or California? We did California a couple weeks ago and Florida this time. So Yeah, the the truck came in yesterday. So those people in annuals are busy, busy, busy unloading and displaying. And oh my gosh, it looks so beautiful down there. And I haven't even had a chance to see it yet, Karen, because uh, I had the last two days off and I came in and immediately got set up for the show. So after the show, I'm going to be going down there like a kid in a candy store, taking a look at all the new stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I know you. How how many houseplants do you have, Joe? I have hundreds. I haven't (laughs) counted in a while, but it's definitely in the hundreds, right? And you're going to shop, aren't you, today? We'll we'll see. I I have to be a little yeah, bit more right. frugal because I'm moving this year. But uh, and oh, right, and I right. also don't need more plants to move. But uh, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well, I have about probably only about thirty plants, which really is nothing to yours. But but I I couldn't resist yesterday. I'm, I'm going to have to pick up a couple uh, yesterday and a couple today. I think as well, just because it's beautiful. It's so nice to go into the greenhouse right now and see all that greenery with the weather the way it is outside. It's just mm-hmm. it's just it's inspirational. It makes you feel good. Um, your display garden down there that you designed, Joe, and, and had help but put most of it in is gorgeous. It's not as it's big not as finished. We, 
no, no, it's not. But it's not as big <laughs> as what we usually have done in the past. But it certainly is inspiring and, and gives you just just really good feelings. How how well, far do you have to go until you're finished? Uh, we were waiting for this shipment actually to put some right. big trees in. So we'll get the trees in over the next couple days, do a couple finishing things with the planting, and then it's just doing all the finishing touches on the water feature, making sure that there's no pond liner showing and that sort of thing, nice clean water. Um, so it should only be another week or so, I would think. But but even right now with the fountains going and with the rain chains that are in the display garden, it's just really a great place to come and just walk around and have a yeah. look at. It's just it's really calming. It is. And, it unless is. you're super excited about the plants you're buying. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, before we go to the break, just uh, keeping on the topic of tropical plants and repotting, somebody sent in a photo of their orchid. It looks like an Oncidium type, and they just wanted, it was Jennifer, wanted us to walk her through how to repot that plant. And Jennifer, what you're looking for, first of all, is some new growth starting at the base. So I can't really see from your photo if that's happening, but look for a new shoot forming at the base of the plant and once that shoot gets to be you know a few inches tall and it's starting to form new roots at the base that's the ideal to re uh, ideal time rather to repot those guys um, because oncidiums have a tendency a lot of the time to actually discard old roots and uh, just in 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 favor of roots that are being developed by the newest growths on the plant so the plant will recover faster if if you're repotting it when it's starting into growth and starting to form new roots. And what you're going to do at that point is remove the plant from the pot, shake off all of the old potting mix, right? And then you're going to put it into a pot, maybe one size bigger. So it looks like it's in a four inch now, probably go to a six inch next. And you'll probably need something that's tall because it's trying to crawl out of the pot, which they frequently do. And you want to get the new potting mix sort of just right where the sort of junction between um, the pseudobulbs and the roots are because if it's too high the roots are going to actually die before they get into the potting mix because our air is so dry here and the new potting mix that you choose usually you use a bark based medium for those types so um, you can either go with something like orchiata power grade which we sell here at greenland or something like the will grow general mix which is widely available at all of the garden centers soak that in a pail of, of water overnight first and then like I say shake off all the old potting mix cut off any dead mushy roots and get that guy centered in its new pot and bring the new potting mix up to the junction between the growths and the um and the roots and that is pretty much all there is to it then you just kind of want to grow it a little bit on the drier side after not letting it completely dry out but approach dryness between watering to help encourage those roots to grow further down into the pot so with that we are going to head over to the news break numbers to call 780-496-0063 or 403-974-8255 stay tuned we'll be back after this i can't good morning it's mostly cloudy and six degrees in downtown calgary good morning from global news it's 9 30 i'm megan cobb 
A convoy of trucks and cars continues to snarl traffic in downtown Ottawa to protest vaccine mandates, COVID-19 restrictions and the federal liberal government. Some drivers in the parking protest have vowed not to move their vehicles until all their demands have been met. Condemnations have poured in from federal politicians of all stripes against protesters on Parliament Hill seen carrying Confederate flags this weekend, as well as flags and signs bearing Nazi symbols and slogans. Others jumped on the tomb of the unknown soldier and the National War Memorial, and some fastened an inverted Canadian flag and anti-vaccine sign to a statue of Terry Fox. However, yesterday's events were largely peaceful and did not lead to physical violence. Protests supporting the convoy in Ottawa were held across Alberta yesterday. Thousands of people gathered at the legislature in Edmonton, at Central Memorial Park in Calgary, and at the Coots border crossing. A generous donation from a Lethbridge-area cattle group has arrived in B.C. The Green Acres Holston Club jumped into action to help dairy farmers after the November 2021 floods rocked their industry, donating 41 bred heifers to those in need in the Abbotsford area. Industry partners donated approximately $5,000 to cover the bill to transport the animals. The 41 head are valued at $85,000 to $100,000. Environment Canada has issued a special weather statement for the city of Calgary. Snow and strong winds will develop overnight over central Alberta and will move south early Monday morning. A mix of sun and cloud and a high of 7 today, partly cloudy overnight with a low of minus 4, and temperatures will drop to minus 11 tomorrow. It's 6 degrees. Breaking news when it happens, our next update at 10. I'm Megan Cobb. Good morning, gardeners. You're listening to 630 Ched in Edmonton and 770 CHQR in Calgary. My name is Joe Gadbois from Greenland Garden Centre here in Sherwood Park, and I'm joined by Karen Bass today, also from Greenland. We are filling in for Merle from Let's Talk Gardening for one more week. Merle should be back with our Calgary listeners next week. If you're listening to 630 Ched, the numbers to call or text 780 496 60063 or toll free 1-800-663-0630 in Calgary 770 CHQR 403-974-8255 and Karen we've got our first caller for today's show we've got Bev on the line hello good morning Bev hi there I've been wanting to ask this question um I have, by accident, in about 2006, uh, found a tree uh, that fell off the back of a truck at uh, <laughs> other nursery. About two feet of it was broken, and it was over a hundred dollars. And the gardener said to me, "I think you're the type of person that can nurse this back to health." It's called a catalpa. Have you heard of it? Yes, we have heard of it. Are, Bev, are you in Calgary or are you, are you in Edmonton? I'm in Edmonton, my dear. Oh, you're in Edmonton. It, it, we do sell them here. They aren't a real hardy tree for this area, so I'm interested to know how well it's doing for you. It's wonderful. Um, Isn't that good? It's a bolt of cloth, and because it was such a precious tree, I wrapped it with bright pink cotton cloth every year for about five years, and my husband piled snow around it and 
and it's a now uh, 30 feet high. Oh, and my gosh. <laughs> That's that, amazing. That's, that's amazing. We'd love to see pictures because we were saying at the break, you're lucky if if they do well here, if they survive here, you're lucky if they get to be 15 to 10 feet tall. So you're doing something right. That tree fell off the, the right the right truck with the right person. <laughs> <laughs> well, the man called Jim said to me, you just look like the type of person that would look after this tree. And I had no idea what it was like, so I, you know, uh, went online, and there's quite a few of them in front of buildings in, in, um, in the States. But you know that it has very large leaves about the size of a medium dinner plate, and then uh, it has white, tiny white orchid flowers, like tiny little ones. And then it has these long bean-like things that come on it. Right. Yep. That's, and, that's uh, a catalpa. <laughs> that's a catalpa. Yep. Apparently, and I don't know if I've got anything, everything right, but it's from the uh, Amur Valley. Is there such a yes. thing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But what I want to know is people want it. They want me to start seedlings. Gotcha. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, I have not seen one. Like, I've just learned about Greenland, and I went uh, twice in my life, and it was a very good experience. But um, is there any way of starting it from the seeds in the beans? Well, you certainly could, Bev. Um, I have to confess, I don't have experience with it. I don't know what the specific requirements are for germination and that sort of thing. Um, but do you would I. certainly, you would want the pods to ripen and sort of split open on their own before you harvest the seeds. And mm -hmm. I think what I would probably do... Um, for a, for an experiment, if I were to do it myself, um, is I would probably direct sow the seeds into the garden somewhere. Even mm -hmm. if you want to put them into little pots and sink those pots in the ground, you can do that too. But likely, Mother Nature is going to provide any of the requirements that are needed for those seeds mm -hmm. to germinate. And it might be the type of thing where it needs some freeze-thaw cycles or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. But if you were to direct sow them in the garden, there's a pretty good chance that they would germinate the following spring. You may not get a lot of them to germinate, um, but it's certainly worth a try. The other thing that, that you could attempt um, is you could maybe take some cuttings from it. And if you did cuttings, you would probably get faster growing plants yeah. that would take a little bit quicker. Okay, uh, like from the branch and the ones where they have the long beans, right? Yeah, so the easiest way to do it would be um, probably like mid to late spring. Uh, I believe catalpas are fairly late to leaf out, but when they're kind of starting to leaf out, if you mm -hmm. take about a three to four inch long cutting from the end of the branch and then... Uh, 
put that into some rooting hormone, probably a number two, number three rooting hormone, and then stick that into a pot of some really free draining potting mix, like add some, some extra perlite to it, put it under a clear plastic and uh, put it into kind of a shady spot. It should root over a couple of weeks and then you can put it into a pot and give it away. Okay. Because, yeah. and, you're, uh, and it's really important what Joe had mentioned um, to, to do that when it just starts to leaf out. When you're taking cuttings like that, you really have a short window of time to get those healthy cuttings. So it's usually a two or three week time to get those cuttings. All right. Um, one, one year we didn't know whether it would make it or not. And uh, this year was it minus 30? I'm hoping it will make it. Now, uh, I'm, I'm wonderful with trees and lousy with ponzettas. Uh, would you mind if I ask you a question? My husband bought me a ponzetta, probably at a grocery store, and he, and it died. Like, the leaves just, uh, fell, like welted. So I stuck okay. two plastic ponzettas in it and pretended that they were alive. Oh. Now the third one has done that again. The, the, the only left, the only branch left over with beautiful leaves has just wilted again. So did Are this start saying, happening soon after you brought them home? Uh, about, uh, about two weeks later. Two weeks and later. It, Okay. Yeah, and I think you know I picked up on your 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 talk about uh, having drainage. You know, this is yeah. that fancy red flower, and but it doesn't have proper drainage. Right. Right. Do you think That's that prob I probably killed it? Well, Beth, chances I don't are say it's that. come to root rot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh so gosh. So those okay. poinsettias, are re it's really important that they have that really good drainage. So take them out of that sleeve um, or pot, whatever it's in, and water water them really well. Like I said, leave them in your sink till they've till the water is all drained off, and then put them back in that sleeve. Okay, because it 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 seems to have happened when I left it dry, and then I watered it, and it's worse. Hmm. Well, poinsettias are definitely one of those Goldilocks plants, is what I like to call them, where the where the con the conditions have to be just right for them, right? Um, mm -hmm. So they like to dry out a bit between waterings. So like the top third of the soil should dry out between waterings, and then water it thoroughly. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so it's it's possible too. Maybe it was too wet in the beginning, and then you let it dry it out. But at that point, the roots were already rotten. It's hard okay. to say. Yeah. Um, root root rot is the most common reason that poinsettias will just suddenly sort of drop their leaves and just give up on life. So <laughs> okay, well I've nursed a couple of them back. Um, okay. But but the thing is, like when you buy it from a store, and it was because of COVID that he didn't want to go anywhere else because we're, you know, we're kind of elderly, you know. And so, um, like, when I go to your place, do you require masks and are you still got the restaurant open? Yes. Uh, yep. Masks are mandatory to come into the store and the restaurant is open, but to the capacity that uh, Alberta Health Services is, is allowing it to be. Um, and it, when, if you're going into the restaurant, you do have to have proof of vaccination, but not proof of vaccination when you're coming into the store. 
Okay, but into the restaurant. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. I need to visit you. All right. Thank you very much for being so okay, nice. Uh, oh, thank you thank for the call. Thank you so much for your call. All right. So with Good morning, gardeners, and welcome back to the show. You're listening to 630 Ched in Edmonton and 770 CHQR in Calgary. My name is Joe Gadbois from Greenland Garden Centre here in Sherwood Park. I'm joined by Karen Bass today, also from Greenland. We are filling in for Merle from Let's Talk Gardening. Uh, he's from Spruce It Up Garden Centre in Calgary. If you're listening to us on 770 CHQR, he'll be back with you next week. The numbers to call for 630-CHED are 780-496-0063, toll-free 1-800-663-0630, and for 770-CHQR, it's 403-974-8255. We look forward to talking to you. We do have a call from Tracy in Calgary. Good morning, Tracy. Good morning. Uh, you, have to, you have to bear with my laryngitis, but... We have more oh. important topics, and that's hollyhocks. Okay. Um, and so I have an amazing garden full of the Chatters Double Bloom. Like, mm -hmm. like they're amazing. And I bought some um, a couple of years ago and put them in, and they all bloomed the first year. And, I mean, a spectacular. And then they died. They were gone in the spring. They didn't come back. So that was one concern. I'm wondering if... Um, I cut the stalks down to about six inches from the ground. I took all the seeds and then cut them down. And um, like I said, those ones, they didn't come back. So I reseeded again last year. And like, I just reseed them all the time. I just, if I forget, I threw them in the winter, whatever, whatever. But I don't want my, I mean, I want them to live a long, healthy life. I don't want them dying off in the winter. So can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so Tracy, here's the thing about double hollyhocks. They are actually biennial in nature. Mm -hmm. So what, what they usually do is they'll come up and just produce leaves the first year, and then the second year they flower, and then after that they die. Now, when they flower the first year, what they will do is they they will basically be what we call monocarpic. So that means after they flower, they die. So there's really no way to extend the lifespan of each individual plant. That's unfortunately just what their life cycle is. What you're doing is what you have to do, just reseed them every year. That's pretty much all you can do there. Oh, so that plant doesn't come back year after year after year what we're getting every year is a brand new plant from a new seed. Am I correct? You are correct. Yeah. So, and with oh, the, so um, <laughs> so you aren't doing, you aren't, no, no, you aren't doing anything wrong. That's just what they do. Yeah. yeah. They're a biennial. Okay. All right. All right. So now, um, the other ones I had, I mean, I had flowers both here, so maybe I just have some, you know, oh, no, now you're saying it would be the seeds that I'm getting. All right. Okay. I am learning here quickly. Um, <laughs> so, what? I, like, I went out yesterday because the snow is melted, and I just kind of scraped the dirt 
threw them down, you know, more seeds um, for, for this coming year. Should we be putting any kind of mulch or anything on top of those or just leave it be? It's not really necessary to mulch them. I mean, you can put a, a very light covering if you want, or even just lightly cover the seeds with soil or compost or something like that. But there's really no no need to heavily mulch them. Yeah. Tracy, yeah. what's your weather like down there in Calgary? Always better than yours. <laughs> well, anything's better than ours. I think the Antarctica might be better than ours this winter. Guys, <laughs> you really get it. You know what? It's nice. It's... um. It's just above zero. It has been for a while. So any of the spaces by the houses, even from the snow piling that I've done, it's all melted and it's it's really, really nice. So yeah. But, so sometimes you know, sometimes in those dry areas if by the house or uh, where it's getting a lot of sun, sometimes even during the winter, if you can pile some snow over uh, snow on those areas, just so the moisture gets to the roots of any of those plants, it's really beneficial. I know some places where it, it's really hot, people will even water sometimes if there's no snow cover. Okay. Yeah, the snow, most of the snow, and I think it's pretty much the same in the whole city, because it's been so warm, is kind of iced in the piles now and melted against our houses so so it's all right then to do a, a light watering oh sure yep and what about yep. the trees same thing we can water our trees right now because they're bone dry well it's not going to hurt it um and as soon as the ground can absorb some of that um that that ice that you're, you've created that's good for the roots okay that sounds good all yeah. right well i'm I'm on to a better season, and I won't have to feel so sad next year when they don't come back. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> you're doing. You're doing everything right. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. okay. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Yeah. All right. Our next caller here is Jackie. Good morning, Jackie. Yes, good morning. Uh, I'm, I'm calling about geraniums. Last summer, I had some beautiful geraniums, and I just couldn't cut them back. I brought them all in the house in a, in a warm place. And uh, they bloomed all winter. And now I have taken cuttings and I've put them like in a yogurt container with water. Will those, will, will they, will they root? Yeah, you can root geranium cuttings in water. You can root them in soil. You can root them in perlite or pumice. They're, they're usually very easy to root. Um, so, yeah. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. Um, thank you very much for that. And I'm, I'm a little confused about the uh, hollyhocks that you were just talking about. Okay. Um, my mother-in-law, like 50 years ago, had hollyhocks in front of her house, and they kept coming up every year, every year. Now, were those always new seeds, or what was happening? They would have so with the old-fashioned single types, those are short-lived perennials. So you'll get a few years out of them typically, um, but not more than three. So you would see for sure successions of seedlings coming up, but they're a little bit longer-lived than the double forms are. Okay. Okay, thank you very much, and thank you for your show. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And we've got Sandra on the line from Calgary. Good morning, Sandra. Oh, Sandra's uh, gone. Okay. Yeah, sorry I think we that. lost Sandra. All right. So uh, we do have a whole bunch of texts here, Karen. We do, a whole bunch of. Um, is there a Greenland nursery type of garden center in Calgary? Well, 
I, I lived there at one point, but I was a young mom with three kids and I didn't get, I didn't do much gardening. So if anybody has any uh, garden centers that they would like to recommend and we can mention them on the air, that's fine if you want to text them in. Certainly we would do a shout out for Spruce It Up Garden Center, which uh, Merle from Spruce It Up uh, hosts the Let's Talk Gardening Show in Calgary. Yeah. And I know that there's Green Gate Garden Center in Calgary, which a lot of people get confused with Greenland. Uh, yeah. We're not affiliated. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's there's lots of great garden centers down there for sure. Yeah, yeah. As well as in Edmonton, you talk about confusing. Um, quite often people will come in here and they've brought a tree back and, and they want a warranty on it and it's from Salisbury. <laughs> I said right. our warranties are pretty good, but we don't warranty Salisbury's trees, nor do they ours. It's a, so they confuse the garden centers quite often, but we've got some great <laughs> garden centers up here as well. We sure do, yeah. Yeah, we're we're very very lucky. It's it's even though we have terrible winters, <laughs> we're I lucky know. to be gardeners in this part of the world for sure. Oh, for sure. Then we have a uh, good morning, John and Karen, <laughs> Joe and Karen. Uh, my name is Christopher, and I have a German ivy I'm trying to keep alive. Can you please help me? Here's a picture. It's in way too big of a pot. Yeah. way too big of a pot so it has to be downsized into a smaller pot for sure and when you do that use a transplant fertilizer so something with a high middle number 105210 or 5155 something like that and and it should it should come around for you you bet and then uh giving some love to our calgary listeners we do have some texts from them as well somebody texted in i have a house plant question i have an african violet and uh, seems to be dying one leaf or stem at a time. They get limp and gray, but not dry, and then kind of collapse away from the rest. Am I watering too much? Not enough. Sunlight issues. I'm worried as it only has a few good stems left. And that sounds like stem rot. Um, so that is something that you will get from getting water on the leaves and crowns of those plants. A lot of people will actually water African violets from the bottom to try to avoid that issue. And it is most common in the winter because it tends to be a bit cooler. It takes longer for these things to dry out. And that's kind of what the issue is. I would definitely recommend as well watering in the morning. Don't water in the evening because you want to give that plant a chance to dry out before nightfall. All right. Right. So we are coming up to the next news break here. Numbers to call for 630-CHED, 780-496-0063, or for 770-CHQ, uh, sorry, CHQR, it's 403-974-8255. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this. It's mostly cloudy and 6 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Protests are expected to continue today as the trucker, trucker's convoy continues to demonstrate in Ottawa. The convoy is on Parliament Hill protesting a number of things, including the federal rule requiring truckers to be fully vaccinated when crossing the Canada-U.S. border. Global's chief political correspondent, David Aiken, says there's not a concrete number on just how many people were on Hill grounds. And I've covered lots and lots of protests on the Hill, and it's relatively easy to get a crowd size because yeah. uh, normally protests, you know, people show up and then they stand still. Uh, you know, they gather on the <laughs> yeah. lawn, and it's a simple matter of one, two, three, you just count the people. But this was a very mobile protest. 
Additionally, Aiken says some convoy protesters have caused trouble with some stealing meals from an Ottawa homeless shelter yesterday. Deciding to hand out coffee at the vaccine mandate protest in Ottawa did not work out very well for Edmonton St. Albert MP Michael Cooper. Global's Thomas Dias explains. Everything was going okay until Cooper started doing an interview with someone behind him proudly waving an upside-down Canadian flag with a swastika on it. A picture of the incident that started making the rounds on social media, leaving Eppington Mayor Amarjeet Sohi and St. Albert Mayor Kathy Heron outraged. They quickly called on Cooper to apologize, quote, not only to his constituents, but to the rest of the country as well. There was no outright apology from Cooper, but he did issue a statement saying if he had seen the symbol of hate behind him, quote, I would have condemned it as I do now. He goes on to say the person with the flag does not represent the thousands of peaceful protesters who waved Canadian flags and acted responsibly. Thomas Dias, Global News. Meanwhile, there wasn't just a crowd protesting in Ottawa yesterday, but in cities and towns around our province too. Thousands of people showed up to a rally at the legislature grounds in support of the National Trucking Convoy. Melanie Switzer is one of those supporters and says this has gone beyond people fighting against the pandemic. Ultimately, I think people do want to get rid of the mandates. People want to get back to living a normal life, running their business as they see fit, and just enjoying life. I think that it's time that we move on. A freedom rally took place at the Coots border crossing and here at Central Memorial Park. One person is in hospital after being shot in Calgary's southeast last night. EMS were called to 24th Avenue and 41st Street just before 10. When they arrived, they found a man in his 30s who'd been shot in the leg. He was then taken to hospital in stable condition. Police are still looking for suspects, but say the shooting does not appear to be random. Calgary police are also investigating a theft at a Canadian tire in the city's northeast early yesterday morning. The suspect smashed a van into the bay doors of the store located in the 3500 block of 8th Avenue. They stole a black Mazda, which was recovered four hours later. Officers say the damage was extensive and it looks like the suspects tried to steal multiple cars but didn't have time to do so. No arrests have been made yet. Taking a look at sports, Johnny Goudreau's goal 29 seconds into overtime gave the Calgary Flames a 1-0 victory over the Vancouver Canucks last night. Jacob Markstrom made 15 stops for his seventh shutout of the season. The Flames now have a couple of days off before they head to Dallas to face the Stars on Tuesday. Jeremy Colleton has been named head coach of Canada's men's hockey team for the Beijing Olympics after Claude Julien was sidelined by an injury. Hockey Canada says Julien slipped on ice and fractured his ribs during training camp in Switzerland, and medical staff determined he won't be able to fly to China for the Games. Colleton, who was previously an assistant coach for the team, will take over head coaching duties. And it's a big test for Canada's men's soccer team this afternoon as they host the U.S. in the latest round of World Cup qualifying. Canada currently sits at the top of the standings, a single point ahead of second-place Americans after beating Honduras 2-0 on Thursday. Global News Sky Tracker weather. A special weather statement has been issued for the city of Calgary. Strong winds and snow will develop overnight and move into the city early tomorrow morning. A mix of sun and cloud and a high of 7 degrees for today. It will be partly cloudy overnight and cool down to a low of minus 4. The snow moves in tomorrow morning and temperatures will fall to minus 11 throughout the day.
It's six degrees at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next update at 10.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Good morning, gardeners. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to 630 Ched in Edmonton and 770 CHQR in Calgary. My name is Joe Gadbois from Greenland Garden Centre up in Sherwood Park, and I'm joined today by Karen Bass, also from Greenland. We are answering your gardening questions. If you are listening to 630 Ched, it's 780-496-0063 or 1-800-663-0630. For 770-CHQR in Calgary, 403-974-8255. And Karen, we've got a call from David. Good morning, David. <laughs> good, good morning, guys. Hey, Calgary may have the best weather. We've still got the best hockey team. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, that's what I think anyway. But I, have, I, I have two questions, okay? I've got a 1,000-gallon tank that I collect rainwater in. And a couple of years ago, I got one of the one of the east troughs faced east, and it's under the trees, and I got moss in the tank. It was beautiful, this beautiful green floating carpet till I threw a sump pump in there to get some out, and it just coated the sump pump. So I had to fish the whole lot out and before I could get any water out of it. Do you, do you know of something? Oh, it was... It was beautiful. Why would I stop it till I needed the water? You know, it, it looked really good. But anyway, do you know something benign that I can put in there to make sure it doesn't come back? Jeez. Hmm. I do a not. Good question. Let me think about that for a minute. Um, While you're thinking about that, can you also tell me what a good source of phosphorus is for my garden? I want to add some to my potato patch. And it's a big garden, so it's not like it's a, you know, a little package. Two questions for you. Well, as far as the phosphorus, I'd say bone meal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good and easy, and it's inexpensive. And um, what, just mix that into your soil. If you're mixing bone meal around a particular plant, you want to put it right around the base of the plant because phosphorus doesn't travel really well through the soil. But if you're just going to, if it's your vegetable garden, go ahead, David, and just mix it right into all of your soil. And I have a big garden, so yeah, I'll do that. But yeah, if you can't think of a, if you can't think of a tank moss answer for me, and I, will, I listen every week. So if you come up with something, I would appreciate it because I don't want I don't want to sterilize the tank because that might right. affect something else, and it's going to come back because it's draining off of that um, eaves trough, which gets moss in it because it's sheltered by the trees. Right. Yeah, we can we can certainly do some research on that. Um, the only thing that comes to mind maybe is hydrogen peroxide because that's not something that would harm plant roots or anything like that, but it might help with the moss. I'm really not totally sure on that, though. The benefit of us doing the, the radio show in at Greenland and not in the studio is uh, on break, we can ask our water garden gal. She's in here today and we can ask her. So if you're listening, there we can you give you an answer afterwards. I would appreciate that. Yeah, I listen every week unless unless I fall over and break a leg or something like that. Jeepers. Oh, don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday morning is always listening to the show. Oh, thank well, you. That's awesome. That's great. Thank you. I've, I've learned a heck of a lot just listening to you guys because 
we always come up against problems and all of a sudden you think, I know who to go to. Just oh, listen to the you. show on Sunday Air or Phone Greenland. So thanks uh, for all the help thank you've you been so over the years. We appreciate your kind words. All right. So we will, uh, we will get that answer from Colette uh, at break, and then we'll we'll let David know what he can do about that moss problem, or keeping yeah. the moss. And in the meantime, we've got a call from Marlis. Good morning, Marlis. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> I, Thank you for I, waiting. Yeah. No, that's fine. I am intrigued by the lady who called about uh, poinsettia. Uh, actually, I have one which is more than 10 years old. My daughter gave it to me from her office when they moved, and it had uh, blossoms all the way, all those years, wonderful, never mind if it's Christmas or whatever. But now, this year, well, last fall, it started to, to um, you know, get those leaves off, and, and the blooms are still there. But there are no more green leaves, and I wonder, because the pot is fine, soil is okay, I had um, repotted it a few years ago, and I put some baby cacti on the outer edge just to let them grow, because the pot was big enough. So I wonder if the poinsettia doesn't like those cacti, I don't know. Hmm. Well, Marlis, I, I, I don't think that it would really be an interaction between the two plants that would be an issue, but I uh-huh. I would definitely be um I would be curious to see what the root system looks oh. like on that plant. Because uh-huh. typically when you have leaf drop like that on a plant yeah. that's been healthy for years, it hasn't been yeah. moved anywhere, anything like that. Um, that would indicate to me there's some potential root injury, maybe some root rot. Uh-huh. Um, so I would probably pull it out of the pot, take a look yeah. at the roots. Um, yeah. If you find and- that there's not a lot of healthy roots left, put it into a smaller pot. Oh. Um, if you find that the roots are really healthy and yeah. looking good, then at that point, I would just trim the plant back and let it oh. sort of regrow. Yeah, because it has a wonderful exposure, has never been used on the same spot, and the blooms are all throughout the years. I couldn't believe it. I told my daughter, unbelievable. Usually it's for Christmas they come up. No, it's yeah, all yeah. year round. Well- Marlis, when you repotted it a few years ago, did you put it in a bigger pot? Yes, yes, yes. That's why I put okay. those baby cacti in there, those little trees. Yeah, yeah. So, so that probably is the issue. You might want to put it back into a smaller pot and some yeah. new potting soil. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. I I love those uh, garden shows. Okay. Okay. Bye. Thank, you thank you very much. Bye. 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 Have a good day. All right, time flies. It's time for another sponsor break, Karen. Uh, we've got a lot of texts waiting, so we'll try to get to those when we come back. The numbers to call or text for 630-CHED, 780-496-0063, or toll-free 1-800-663-0630. And for Calgary, 770-CHQR, it's 403-974-8255. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this.
Good morning. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to 630 Chad in Edmonton and 770 CHQR in Calgary. My name is Joe Gadbois from Greenland Garden Center in Sherwood Park. I'm with Karen Bass, also from Greenland today. We are still filling in for Merle from Let's Talk Gardening uh, and from the Spruce It Up Garden Center. For those of you who are listening from Calgary, Merle will be back with you next week. And if you're calling 630 Chad, the numbers are 780 0063 or toll free at 1-800-663-0630. If you're calling 770-CHQR, the numbers are 403-974-8255. And before we go to our callers, Karen, we have so many texts, so I just want to get through kind of a few of these. Uh, We've got some texts from Calgary. Pauline says, my two questions are about activated charcoal. Is it beneficial when when starting seeds indoors? And how about in raised beds? So for starting seeds indoors, I mean, I would say it's really not necessary. The main reason for using charcoal in horticulture is to prevent soil from souring. Um, So, you know, if you're starting with fresh soil, I really don't think it's necessary when it comes to starting seeds. Where charcoal is useful is when you're growing plants in containers, so more of a long-term thing, house plants, orchids, that sort of thing. Charcoal will often be used for like a drainage layer, in particular if you have a container that doesn't have drainage holes. And people will also mix it into their soil for extra drainage and to prevent souring. So that's really kind of the primary benefit for using that. Um, I don't think personally I would really worry about it for raised beds either unless you want to put a layer of it for drainage at the bottom of the bed you could do that but it's probably going to be more expensive versus just using some gravel or something yeah that's what I was going to say it's a lot more expensive than a rock product would be yeah yeah um so there's uh somebody else here says good morning I would like to start growing spinach from seed indoors could you please advise on the best way to do this so spinach is one of the easiest crops if you're going to start uh seed indoors and so if you want to do that you can do that obviously in a sunny warm location and you probably want to start that probably about six weeks before it goes outside six to eight weeks and very easy to grow yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, from Calgary, uh, the texter's name is Guy. We have a 30-foot-tall Manitoba maple that has got bark <laughs> chipped off about the size of a penny at the junction of branches all the way up the tree. Could this be woodpeckers? Could be, for sure. It could be just age of the trees. It's not going to affect the maple tree. It's uh, not going to affect the health of it at all. So. Lots of people have 30-foot Manitoba maples. Some of them don't want them <laughs> where, where they just crop up like crazy. So, no, it shouldn't affect the health of the tree whatsoever. Yeah. Now, I'm preparing to seed my annuals and perennials indoors under lights. What's the best way to prevent damping off? Um, so the biggest thing is making sure that you have good drainage. You don't want your soil to be too wet. Um, and especially when you have... Uh, warm, wet conditions, I believe it is, with damping off. Cold and wet is not a good combo either. Um, You just have to be really careful with that, making sure that you don't have excess moisture at the soil line. When you're dealing with more sensitive crops, um, putting like a layer of vermiculite or something like that, uh, or even perlite on the surface of the soil can really help. Some people use tea. They'll actually water their seedlings in with tea to prevent 
that from happening. But unfortunately, there's no chemical treatment for it. So. Right. Um, we've got another one here from Calgary. Good morning. How do I keep an aloe vera plant from getting long, weak prongs? Uh, had, I had an aloe vera plant that got out of control, so I cut them off completely, and now some new plants are sprouting. I do have a plant light, and I am using that this winter. Thanks, Vince. So that is due to lack of light. And unfortunately, aloe vera and most other succulents are plants that require full sun. So in many cases, grow lights, unless you're using like a heavy duty HID light, um, they're not going to provide enough light on their own. They're great as a supplemental source of light if you have the plant in a bright window and you're also providing some extra light uh, from an artificial grow light, that will be fine. But if it's in like a dark corner of the house and you just have a little grow light there, it's not going to be enough. So aloe, you're going to want to move into a west or south facing window and make sure it's getting as much direct sunlight as possible. And that will solve that weak leggy growth. Mm -hmm. um, and I asked May and Barbara, uh, on the phone to wait. We're just going to and be patient. We're just going to go through a couple more of these texts and then we'll get to you guys just as soon as we can. Um, are carrots less sweet, Joe, uh, when weather is hot and dry like last summer? Uh, she grows mainly nanties, which I feel uh, are quite have been quite sweet in the past. We will always wait to the end of Octo uh, October to harvest and uh, to store to maximize sweetness. Also, is there a different variety you would recommend? Yeah, root vegetables in general suffered from last year's heat and drought. You need to have evenly moist soil to get good results, like, you know, good drainage too, but you need to have regular moisture and we just didn't have that. So that would be the reason why. Um, Nantes is totally fine. Honestly, uh, just hope for better weather this year. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're very, very popular and easy to grow. There is a variety. I grew... Um, it's from West Coast Seeds, and it's the tri-color blend. So oh, yeah. It's the, the purples and pinks and oranges and white. Interesting, but really, really sweet. So those mm -hmm. tri-color blends are really nice and really a sweet carrot as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Calgary Texter here says, is it okay to give your pine trees a drink very dry at the ground level around it? And we did mention this earlier, Karen. Yeah, mm -hmm. if you have areas, especially down in Calgary, where it has been a bit warmer, where the soil is bone dry, it does not hurt to go out and water, especially when it comes to evergreens. You know, Joe, when we were talking about that, I wanted to mention that, but what kind of time got away from us really important for evergreens more so than it is for anything deciduous um they they will show their damage really quickly uh not as quickly sorry as a deciduous plant as well so get water around them in the fall for sure and then if we get any of these dry spells for sure throw that snow on them so when the snow melts you get moisture or if you can get your hose out there give them give them a good drink around the base you bet. So we'll get to some more texts later on. Uh, we want to take a call from May here. Good morning, May. Yes, good morning. Um, years ago, when we were visiting our daughter, I bought a few of these little flips of pussy willows. I managed to get it to grow. Now I have this monster monster that is as tall as a two-story house. <laughs> uh, now sure what I've got, the, the pussies are now already breaking open. Spring is here. Yeah, yeah. But with this how do I... How do I trim this back? What we used to do is we used to try to get each little place coming out, but it's just too tall to manage. Can we take each bigger branch and just take three feet off the top? 
Yeah, you can get really aggressive pruning a willow. It, it's not going to hurt it. Typically, we say when you're when you're cutting back a shrub or a tree or a rose, don't cut back hardy rose. Don't cut back more than a third in a growing season. But a willow, you can get really aggressive with. It's it's just going to keep coming back. Well, see what happened. It did. It was the same thing. The height of a two-story house, and then yeah. we got these beastie beastie winds here in Lethbridge, and we looked out the window. What the blazes? Half of it was in my neighbor's yard. It broke. Oh, no. And then and then, well, it didn't take out the fence, but it ended up in her yard. So what we end up doing, we end up whacking it off, and now what I've got is the suckers growing back up again, mm-hmm. and they're as high as a two-story house. Yeah. Oh, I don't that, want to kill it that's completely. What... No, that's what they do. So when those suckers start coming up, just give them a good yank or cut them off at the base uh, yeah, just to keep it under that's control. That's now my whole tree, really. The, 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 yeah. the branch, they are like a regular tree branch. They're about three inches around. They're huge. Sure they are. Yeah. And sure like they I are. say, it's back to the two-story house again. Yeah. So I can take yeah. three feet off the top just right across? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep, go ahead. Another question. You know, would, would you know about why potatoes turn black? The potatoes themselves? You buy potatoes in the store, you're going to peel it, and it's black. Why would it be that way? Oh, you mean the fleshy part, the inside? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you put the potato in the pot and you go to boil it, and by the time you're finished boiling it, it it's turning black. Well, when you have black sections in the flesh when it's, you know, just been dug out of the ground, like it's mm-hmm. it's raw and you're not cooking it, that's usually fungal issues that cause that. Okay. So, but as far as it turning black while you're cooking it, that I can't answer. You peel it that's... back as good as you can. You take a good chunk of the peeling off. You, you dice it in half or whatever, put it in the pot yeah. to boil it. By the time you've got it boiled, it's got black on it. Yeah. You know what, May? We're going to have to go to a news break now. So uh, we'll see if we can get an answer for you and and let you know after. Okay. We'll be right back. Okay. It's mostly cloudy and five degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Megan Cobb. Police in Ottawa say several criminal investigations are underway in relation to the ongoing demonstration on Parliament Hill against vaccine mandates and COVID-19 restrictions. OPS says it is investigating the desecration of the National War Memorial and the Terry Fox statue yesterday, as well as what it describes as threatening, illegal and intimidating behavior by protesters towards the police, city workers and other individuals, as well as damage to to a city vehicle. The announcement on Twitter comes after protesters drew condemnation for fascinating or fastening an inverted Canadian flag, an anti-vaccine sign to a Terry Fox statue, and others were seen jumping on the tomb of the unknown soldier and the National War Memorial. A generous donation from a Lethbridge area cattle group has arrived in BC. The Green Acres Holstein Club jumped into action to help dairy farmers after the November 2021 floods rocked their industry donating 41 bred heifers to those in need in the Abbotsford area. Industry partners donated approximately $5,000 to cover the bill to transport the animals. Some Iqaluit residents have questions about why they smell fuel in the tap water for the second time in a matter of months. About 8,000 people in the territory's capital city couldn't drink the tap water for two months last year due to fuel contamination, and many residents have reported smelling fuel in the water again this month though the city insists it has met Canadian drinking water guidelines.
Environment Canada has issued a special weather statement for the city of Calgary. Snow and strong winds will develop overnight over central Alberta and move south early Monday morning. A mix of sun and cloud and a high of 7 today. Partly cloudy overnight, cooling to a low of minus 4, and temperatures will drop to minus 11 tomorrow. It's 5 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next update at 11. I'm Megan Cobb. Good morning and welcome back to The Garden Show. You're listening to 6.30 Ched in Edmonton and 7.70 CHQR in Calgary. My name is Joe Gadbois from Greenland Garden Centre in Sherwood Park. I'm with Karen Bass, also from Greenland today. And if you are calling 6.30 Ched, the numbers are 780-496-0063 or toll free at 1-800-663-0630. For 7.70 CHQR, it's 403. 403- Three nine seven four eighty two fifty five and Calgary listeners Merle from Spruce It Up Garden Center will be back with you next week. Um, so Karen, a little bit ago we had David call in and he had some mm-hmm. issues with moss in his rain barrel. Right. And so we talked to Colette at the break here, who's our water garden specialist. Um, and there is not a lot you can do if you're using that. Uh, rainwater to water your plants, which you probably are. Otherwise, why would you have a rain barrel, right? So um, there's nothing you can do without compromising the water. So unfortunately, um, you just scoop that that moss off. It's funny, we have a lot of people coming in and they want to know if there's moss in your flower bed or in, around a tree or something like that that's growing on the ground. They want something that's going to take care of it. And I always say we have a product called Moss Be Gone, which wouldn't apply to what David was talking about here. Um, but if you have moss growing somewhere, it's just the perfect condition to have moss grow. So you're going to fight it forever because if it's a wet uh, or damp, dark place, Moss is just going to grow there. I, uh, uh, my front uh, veranda, the uh, off the veranda, on um, there, I have some brick, and I have moss growing in between that brick. I love it. Like it, it looks beautiful. So, but it's just growing there naturally because the, the conditions are just made for it. It's it's a shady area. It doesn't dry out, and you'll just get moss. So, trying to get rid of it if it's a spot that it's has a natural take is just impossible. And you know what? A lot of people love moss and are willing to pay for it. So post yeah. an ad somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. David, sell your moss. Scoop that out and put it in a pot. So, yeah. So th- that, there's that question. And then we had a question uh, from Barbara about mealybugs on the line. Yes. Hello. Good morning. Thanks for uh, waiting. Are you there? Yeah, yep. we're here. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, I have well, a friend of mine has mealybugs on her orchids, and oh. I have never seen me in Calgary. And I've had a lot of house plants. Have never seen mealybug, and no plants come in from outside. I've never seen it in her house for over ten years. What causes them to come in, and how do they get it? And number two, is it still rubbing alcohol and cotton batten to alleviate them? So first of all, um, they do usually come in as hitchhikers on new plants. That's the most common thing. So if no she new plants have come into... Sorry? She has not had any new plants come in. 
Right. Yeah. So the only other thing they could have came in on like a soil product or something like that, or even on clothing. If you're in a garden center or at somebody's place looking at plants, uh, believe it or not, it's possible for them to come in that way. Um, and the other thing is they can like their their eggs may sit dormant for a period of time so they can come in on a on a plant and you won't notice them for weeks or months and then mm. suddenly they show up so mm-hmm. um, lots of different ways that they can get in unfortunately as far as getting rid of them it's not easy um, you mentioned rubbing alcohol that's certainly something you can do as a spot treatment I don't recommend using it for more than that because it can cause damage if you're spraying it on the whole plant or something like that but just using it on a on a on a q-tip and spot treating works well um, and otherwise a product like safer's end all that you can spray on the entire plant and then wipe all of the leaves is very important you want to make sure that you're wiping every leaf when you spray because what happens is the adult mealybugs are protected by this waxy covering that kind of looks like, you know, dandruff or cotton or something like that. And mm-hmm. so you need to combine the spray, which mostly targets the little babies that are almost microscopic, with the physical action of wiping the adults off the leaves. Okay. Good yeah. to know. That makes uh, sense. Is it contr- should one just toss the plants then if it's... <laughs> It was an outrageous infestation. In less than two weeks, it was unreal. Yeah. yeah, if it's really bad, it's usually better to throw the plant away unless it's a really prized, treasured plant and you really want to try saving it. It will be a months-long battle to try to get rid of those. And I can tell you from experience, I've actually killed plants from treating them with so many chemicals trying to get rid of these things uh, when it's really bad. So. Yeah. Should you rinse the leaves after you use rubbing alcohol? or not necessarily. It doesn't coat the leaves, correct? Correct. I just yeah. haven't addressed these forever, and I'm going, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, if, if you're just doing the rubbing alcohol treatment with the Q-tip, there's no need to wash the leaves after. Okay. But having said that, it doesn't hurt to go over it maybe the next day with something like a Safer's End-All and spray the whole plant and then, like I say, wipe each leaf. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Enjoy the you're program. Welcome. Have a great day. You as well. All right, so we've got still a lot of text to get through here. Uh, The next one here is, let me just find it. This juniper tree dried out this summer in the heat while we were away. The tops are fine, but can it regrow on the side? I'm just going to take a look at these photos here. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's not good. So the thing with junipers, Karen, and with, um, you know, any type of evergreen is that they only grow from the tips. So in this case, looking at this juniper, and I don't know if you can see it, Karen, it's from the Calgary line. Um, you've got basically just the tops are alive. It looks like all of the side branches are completely dead. I don't know that you're going to see regrowth from there, to be honest. Um, it's probably only going to continue to grow from the top and that unfortunately would mean likely taking that juniper right down because it's just never going to look good. 
Yeah, yeah. So, sorry, I just I just came back. I our resident dog joined us in what we call our studio here now. So I had to somebody let him up here. I had to get get rid of George for a little bit here. So I'm just <laughs> coming back to this. Um, so yeah, with with an evergreen, once they shed those needles and any evergreen, when they shed those needles from the bottom or from the inside, like a pine or a spruce, they're not going to regrow. So this is probably removing that and replacing it. Yeah unfortunately and yeah. then carol said uh morning guys just looked up catalpa so this was our first caller back at around 9 30 right. had called in about her catalpa that's big and beautiful carol says there is a northern variety which grows in southern illinois indiana western tennessee and arkansas medium to fast growth rate likes four hours of direct sun sounds beautiful though apparently it needs some pampering so yeah that is the same species that we were talking Talking about um, and it is the only one that's hardy enough to grow here but it certainly isn't a bulletproof plant they have a tendency to get some winter injury especially in exposed areas yeah. um, but you know if you're in a more mature neighborhood I know that um, Morgan who's one of our co-hosts on this show he once had a big beautiful one in a mature neighborhood right mature neighborhood, two-story house, mature landscaping all around, and, th and then it's possible. And don't be afraid to try those plants that are not supposed to grow in our zone. I mean, we, we see several plants that people are really successful with because you have a lot of microclimates in your yard. Um, I'm out on an acreage about 20, 25 minutes east of here, and I grow lots of uh, zone four things, but they're just in the right area of my yard. And I'm a little bit colder than a lot of people are. Um, so don't be afraid of, uh, to try some of those things. I uh, grew uh, royal purple um, smoke bush, sorry, lost the name for a minute there, in my yard. And I had two of them. I did whatever you're not supposed to do, put them in pots in front of my garage. And then in the in the fall, threw them in the ground, didn't give them any root booster, just said, good luck. I hope you make it. I had them for seven or eight years. They were absolutely gorgeous. I lost them one winter, but I'm telling you, just the joy that I had from, they were six to seven feet. The leaves were the size of the palm of my hand. Just give it a try. Don't be afraid. Yeah. And honestly, if you get six or seven years out of a plant, that's pretty good. That's um, pretty darn good. You know, shrubs normally are, are, are longer lived, but with perennials, you know, a lot of people are flabbergasted when something dies after three or four years. A lot of perennials only live for three years. All that perennial means is that it lives for a minimum of three years, and a lot of them, that's all the life cycle is. So, you know, when you have uh, six to seven years that you get out of a beautiful plant, I think that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. You bet. So with that said, we have to head over to our sponsor break. So again, for 630 Ched, the numbers are 780-496-0063, toll free at 1-800-663-0630. And for 770 CHQR, it's 403-974-8255. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to The Garden Show. You're listening to 630 Ched in Edmonton and 770 CHQR in Calgary. My name is Joe Gadbois from Greenland Garden Centre in Sherwood Park. I've also got Karen Bass from Greenland here with me today, and we are filling in for one more week for Merle from Spruce It Up Garden Centre. If you're listening in Calgary, Merle will be back with you next week. If you're calling 630 Ched, the numbers are 780 496 00 
1-800-663-0630 or toll free at 1-800-663-0630. If you're calling 770-CHQR, it's 403-974-8255. And we've had just a huge amount of text today, Karen. I doubt we'll be able to get through all of them. No, no, it's uh, everybody's not wanting to call in. They just want to sit in front of their computer or on their cell phone on this cold day and just text text us because that's what's happening. I wanted to mention a couple things, housekeeping things here at Greenland. Um, pretty excited in a few weeks, we're going to get our bare root roses in. So that, that means you can't buy them yet, but we're going to be planting them. A little bit of a challenge this, this year for us getting plants in. The industry has been really oversold and and with the pandemic everybody became a gardener um and so lots of stuff selling the last couple of years so getting product is uh, has been a bit challenging so happy to report that i i once we have them here and I have them in my hands, I'll be happy. But I think we've got a close to 4,000 bare root roses coming in. Um, so we'll be planting those up uh, around, about the third week of February and they'll be ready to go the end of April, May. Our rose house and our rose collection is amazing. Uh, really something to see. So um, yeah, th that's a little bit of news that we have. The other thing is um, our restaurant is open. Branches Food, uh, Fresh Food Experience is open. We're limited capacity due to Alberta Health Services regulations, but they are open and they're putting out some pretty nice food in there. So, um, and I mentioned earlier, Joe, the display garden that you created, nearly done. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, there's really no specific theme this year other than it's tropical. We just wanted to create something that would take you somewhere nicer <laughs> without having to get on a plane. Uh, we did do it on a smaller scale uh, than what we have done in the past, but it is still really nice. I'm happy with, with how it's shaping up. So probably another week or so of work to get that finished up and it'll be looking amazing. So It looks pretty amazing right now. It's something Thank to you, see even right now. Yeah, right now. <laughs> and as we mentioned at the top of the show, too, we got a tropical shipment in, and we have literally thousands of tropical plants um, uh, for our customers to purchase. Not all of them are out on the floor, but many of them are. So looking really good in the greenhouse. It's an exciting time. It's an exciting yeah. time. It's it's. I say this a lot. It's my second favorite time of the year after spring is our houseplant season in January, February, March. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, so. it sure is. So we'll try to do a couple texts here before we go to our callers to finish up the show. There's one here that says, good morning, Joe and Karen. This polka dot plant seems unhealthy. It still grows, but also loses leaves. It's growing in a strange configuration. I notice tiny flecks of white on some of the foliage. Difficult to see in photo. Are the flecks eggs, fungus? Thanks for any ideas on this. So taking a look. It looks like the plant is a little bit on the dry side just from this photo. Uh, polka dot plants like to stay pretty evenly moist. Let the mm -hmm. just the surface of the soil dry out between waterings. You don't want it to be soggy, wet or anything like that. But I suspect you may have issues with spider mite and or mealybugs that are causing a lot of your issues. When you see really tiny white flecks on foliage, especially on the undersides, that's often the first thing you notice with spider mites. Because what you're seeing is their sort of shed exoskeletons that they've left behind um, and it sort of looks like this dandruff and then you'll also notice on closer inspection 
sort of like a fine webbing in many cases. And you usually need a magnifying glass to really see them. They're little, little tiny guys. If you tap the leaf over a white piece of paper, give it a really good couple taps, and then wipe your hand over that piece of paper, if you see a smear there, then you know that you have spider mites. That's a good way to sort of tell. Mealybugs will look more cottony, um, but when you first start to see them, they can be kind of similar to what you described. So it could be either or or both, but I would definitely check that out. And uh, in the case of spider mites, it's really brought on by low humidity. So you see it a lot in the winter months here because the air in our homes is so dry. And polka dot plants are susceptible to spider mites as well. So what you can do is spray the foliage, even just with plain water makes a big difference if you're doing that daily. Um, something like Safer Zendol, again, we talked about that for mealybugs with Barbara earlier. You can use that also for spider mites. So for both spider bites and mealy bugs you can try spraying with safer's end all yeah it does it does look like a really small plant joe so I, i'm yeah. questioning if there are other plants indoors if maybe it might be an option just to toss that plant if it's going to spread to other things because it's not looking very healthy yeah, what for do you sure. think? Something to, something to consider if you've got a collection of plants and you don't want to risk your other plants, maybe just throw it out yeah. because it would probably only cost you about five or six dollars to replace it. But that's up to you. Yep, for sure. All right. So we've got a call from Ethel on the line. Good morning, Ethel. Good morning. I have a cymbidium that I was going to throw out because I've had it for about four years and nothing was happening. But then this, this uh, last uh, January, it's budded and the buds are there and they're staying and staying and staying. Do they take a long time to develop into blossom? They do take a bit, um, you know, especially under cooler conditions that, you know, most of us are going to have in the home unless you've got your heat cranked up, you know. Um, so, yeah, don't don't be surprised if it takes a couple of months for those to fully develop. But right. congratulations on that because cymbidiums are one of the most notoriously difficult orchids to rebloom in this climate. Um and okay. the reason for that is that they're kind of a warm, temperate uh, plant as opposed to a full-on tropical plant. They need a cool winter to get them to trigger blooms, cooler than what you normally have in the home. Mm -hmm. um, so in coastal areas, they often grow them outdoors and they do great. But here as a house plant, it can be tricky. So that's great. Okay, so they'll probably come along then. And oh, yeah. another question, uh, are you going to be getting in any um, any uh, orchids beside the Phalaenopsis? Yes, we just received a whole bunch, actually. I haven't had oh. a chance to see them yet myself. As soon uh -huh. as we're done the show, that's where I'm beelining to, <laughs> to see what we got. But I know that we were expecting some Cattleya types, some Oncidium types, um, lots of different orchids that are not commonly available at garden centers. So, uh, When would they be available for purchase? Possibly later today. Certainly, I would think by tomorrow. Okay, thank you so much, Joe and Karen. You're welcome. Thank you, thank you for okay. calling. All right, and we've got Natalie on the line. Good morning, Natalie. Oh, Natalie's I gone. We have Kathy now. Good morning, Kathy. 
morning. Good morning. Hi, um, I love your show. Uh, see, I'm looking to find some Indian mint planter seeds. The Sajira Douglasi is, I think, the, how you pronounce it. But uh, I just can't seem to find. I had saved mine from last summer, and it was about three feet long. And all of a sudden, this winter, it just expired on me. So I'm trying to replace it. Okay. Um, I don't know off the top of my head if we have it available here. Um, but, but, Joe, we could get Kathy to give her phone number off the air to Chris, and then we could give her a call back after the show. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, great. Just hold on, and, and Chris will take your number and let us know, and we'll give you a call back after. All right. So that brings us pretty much to the end of our show here, Karen. We've just got a couple minutes left. Um, let me just see if there's a quick text that we can do. This orchid has bloomed three times for me, but this last time after the flowers died off has not rebloomed. It's been at least a year, and they cut down one of the stems and left the other one. Just wondering if it needs repotting. It's been in a six-inch pot all along. Can I cut back all the outside roots? So reblooming, this is a Phalaenopsis orchid. The biggest thing is making sure that it has a cool-down period. So try moving it to a cooler part of the house for a couple months with still good light and that will help trigger flowers. I would repot it though and as far as trimming off those aerial roots you can do that as long as you have a healthy root system otherwise. So that brings us like I say to the end of the show. Thank you so much for calling, listening, texting in. We will see you next week. Thank you. Have a good day.